How's it going? Man, I, I don't just say this with emotion. The presence of Jesus is here. So I'm really excited to continue celebrating who he is and what he's doing in our lives. My name is Joshua. It's a privilege to be the student pastor here at Grace. I get to hang out middle and high school friends. We got those here in Southern Pines, those Seven Lakes, and those online. So can we just make a rowdy thank you for that? Yeah. So we've been in a series studying the letter of Philippians. Our mission of our church is discipleship, and we're studying that context. But today, we're not going to read any of the letter of Philippians, but we're still going to ask the question that we've been asking through the sermon series, and it's that of this. Is the good news about Christ redefining our story? We're answering the question, how is the news of Jesus changing our lives? So today is really special because of two reasons. Number one, we are celebrating how Jesus has changed the life of our next-gen department, which is our middle and high school ministry called G-Students and our 18 to 35-year-old ministry called Young Adults. So we are going to be sharing our heart as a next-gen department and celebrating the stories of Jesus. And then secondly, there are family in this room who are choosing to take their next step in following Jesus through becoming baptized. Yeah. That's the heart of our church, man. We want to fill the city with Jesus, and that starts by having Jesus change our lives. So we are excited. There's a lot going on today. So if you would, can we just continue in a mode of prayer? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and just pray with me? Jesus, we love you. We thank you. Worthy you were. Worthy you are. And worthy you will be forever. So we want to honor you in this place. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you make Jesus real to us? We love you so much. Thank you for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, would you tell Jesus you love him? Would you tell him that you're thankful for him? Yeah. So I want to share a little bit about G-Students, and then Keith is going to come up and share about young adults, and then we're going to dunk some people in the water, and we're going to celebrate the presence of Jesus in our midst. So... G-Students is middle and high school ministry, and we meet every Sunday at 5.30 in two different type of gatherings. One is a worship experience night. It's a large gathering focused on the presence of Jesus. And then we meet the week after for a tribe night, which is focused on the table, the value of family. And we do that in homes. We do that in Waffle House. We do that in parks. So we meet every other week. And there's so much to our ministry that I would love to share with you just because there's so many layers, core values, practical, logistic, things like that, but we really don't have time for that. But I really, as I prayed, I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted to speak a specific message that's close to our heart and how it can be an invitation for you guys. So with that, I need to give some context. There's a problem in youth ministry culture. Nationwide studies have been done, and the problem is that seven out of 10 students, when they graduate high school, and they go to the workspace, and then they go off to college, and then they transition from high school into those spaces, seven out of 10 walk away from faith, which means three out of 10 stay in the faith. When I came across this quote, this statistic, I was pretty saddened, but I kind of didn't believe it. I went back to my senior photos, and sadly to say, 3.33333% of my senior class, to this day, from the fruit that I'm able to tell, are still following Jesus. So rather than elevating myself, whoo, I'm one of the three. I was pretty depressed. Why was I only one of the three? We were all invited to Camp EXP. 
We were all invited to Jesus. And so why was me and only two other of my friends the ones who stayed following Jesus? And I think there's a lot of reasons why, but my story, I think, expresses the truth of this reality. And I think through studying other people's stories and our humanity, our, the complexity of our life, I think they're seven out of 10 versus three out of 10 because people hide. And I think it's easier to ignore sin. I think it's easier to ignore struggle. And I think it's easier to ignore pain rather than to face it head on. But what if? What if there was a place safe enough to tell the worst about ourselves and still be loved just as much, if not even more for sharing it? Do we know what would happen? Our stuff would start to get fixed. And this is truly my story of how I've come from brokenness to wholeness and still where I am broken, I'm still being made whole. What I experienced at G students was the solution to the problem. 11 years old, I started in the ministry and now I'm 26. So for about 15, 16 years, I've been blessed to be called, to be sent on assignment, to be a part of that local community. And I've found mentors like Brandon DeBianca, Jonathan Thorne. I've found best friends like Britt, Mason, Josh, Caleb, and so many more people that have radically allowed me to have this invitation, to have a seat at the table. To have a seat at the table. Discipleship to Jesus with family. That's the invitation of transformation. To have a seat at a table discipleship to Jesus with family. And this is the place where we are found by a father who deeply loves us and formed by a family who deeply loves us. This is the invitation of the gospel and this is the invitation that has radically changed my life and is currently radically changing my life. The message of the gospel is a message of an invitation to participate at a table where we can follow a man named Jesus and we can do it in the context of a community where we're deeply found and loved by a father and we're deeply formed and loved by a family. 1 John 4.18 says this, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, check this out. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. This invitation of 1 John 14 tells us that the purpose of the love of Jesus is supposed to expel and eradicate the fear of punishment. Not the fear of discipline, because the father disciplines those he loves, but expels fear of punishment. And that is why people hide, because we are afraid of our sin. We are afraid of our struggle. We are afraid of our pain. And we are afraid that if we just tell someone about it, we will be judged, we'll be ostracized. And what's true is that actually happens. In Christian culture, that is real. That's why only three out of 10 of the students continue in the faith, because they don't find that place that is safe enough. But what if there's a new invitation to experience a place that is safe enough? And that is why our mission statement as a ministry is this, helping students take next steps and following the way of Jesus together in our city. Our mission 
is helping a student take their next step. We're going to meet them where they are, and we're going to help them. But unapologetically, we know that there's news in the story of Jesus, and we want to help them encounter the Messiah, the King, the Lord who has come to save them and experience a new way of life. We're going to do it together in the context of family, and we're going to do it together in the context of each and every student's local geographical and relational city. So what is the way of Jesus? It's an invitation to discipleship, and we say it like this in three simple sentences. Be with Jesus. An invitation to true relationship. Become like Jesus. An invitation to true transformation. And do what Jesus did. An invitation to true purpose. That is the simplicity of the invitation of Jesus. students. Come that you may be with Jesus. Come that you may become like Jesus and come that you may do what Jesus did. And in Jesus, there is a place safe enough to tell the worst about ourselves and still be loved just as much. In Jesus, this place is real and it's called the table. And do we know what starts to happen? Our stuff starts to get fixed. So at G students, we provide a table, a place to be loved by a father and a place to be formed by a family. And that's why I have a transformative life because of this reality. And I wanna just share a couple quick stories of some of our own G students who are doing the same. Taylor talks about how she had entirely lost herself through middle and high school. She found out about camp, so she decided to go to camp, not for Jesus, but to go escape her experience. She came to camp and saw people experiencing the presence of God. And she had always believed in God, but she had never had a relationship with him. And in a moment of worshiping, she felt God speak to her, I see you. And she broke down and she experienced the radical presence of Jesus. And then she took her next step and realized that God is a God who has promised peace, but also a God who has not um, provided the absence of pressure. And she's learning how pressure and hardships are actually there to form her into a new identity. Isaiah says, Jesus was my church. It was my family, and it gave me a place to call home. Rebecca, a leader, she said, I was crying out for years to find a community that I could be a part of. And she says, at G-Students, I found a place to be exactly who I needed to be to serve. But not only did I find a place to serve, I actually found my family. And I want to end with this story from Logan. He says, I know this is true because when I walk through the doors of G-Students, sometimes I feel worried, stressed. But when I talk to my friends and I pray, and I worship, I then begin to feel what is the happiest place I could ever be. And then I realize I can actually talk to them about anything, and I won't be judged. So then he says this, come to G students. I promise you won't regret it. So I just want to say thank you to you, family, who have been forcing your kids to go to G students, <laughs> because it's amazing. And for those, yeah. And for those of you who still have really not been a part of, we're about 100 person consistently. We kind of peaked to 200. I know it's a lot, but the hardest to provide a small table for your students. So just encourage them to come. We got Camp EXP coming. And last, I want to say thank you to you leaders who have been serving. So we're excited to celebrate what God is doing at G students, but also in young adults. So I want to invite Keith Golightly, our young adult director. Can you make some noise for him? He loves Jesus. 
He loves Jesus, and I'm honored to share an office with him, and uh, he loves you guys so much, and I can't wait to see what he has to share. Can we give it up for the world's greatest students pastor? Come on. You know, for those of you that love Joshua and love hanging out with him, I gotta, I gotta say I gotta one-up you, because as he said, I get to share an office with the guy. So what that means is that I get to hear him sing to the Lord, I get to hear him pray and talk about God's vision for students, and it is incredible. It definitely fills up my heart with joy. So, um, as, all right, so as Joshua said, my name is Keith Golightly, and I have the honor and privilege of serving here at Grace as the Young Adults Director. So what that means for you all is that if you or someone you know are between the ages of 18 and 35, we are your community. We have full-blown worship services every week. We have small groups that meet weekly. We have some of the best, and I don't say this with any exaggeration, we have the best hangout days. We have some of the most fun outreach events. We have opportunities to jump on international mission trips. And uh, I, do, I also wanna invite you that you can follow us. We have an Instagram. We even have a podcast where we upload all of our messages every week too. And so everything I just told you, it's on our website. You can go check us out, gracechurchsp.org slash youngadults. All right, so um, also let me just say this before I forget. So I mentioned our worship services. We do meet every Wednesday night, okay? Wednesday night, 6.45 p.m., here at the Southern Pines campus in the multi-purpose room, which is that big room up the stairs behind me. So Joshua, he did a great job sharing with us God's vision for G students, his plan to disciple students. Uh, he shared some incredible stories of what the Lord's doing in the lives of our students. And I'm up here to share you really the same information, but from a young adult context. Cool? So the way I wanna do this, I just wanna ask you a few questions. How many of you here would say, that a chapter of the Bible can change your life? How many of you would say that? Okay, not a lot of hands, hopefully that's gonna change. How many of you would say that a verse of the Bible can change your life, right? Maybe you have a favorite verse or what someone would call a life verse. Let me take this a little further. How many of you here would say that just a word, okay, a single word of the Bible can change your life? Would you say that? All right, cool. We're gonna look at a word this morning that for me personally, and certainly for our young adults, and hopefully for you all, will be incredibly life-changing. And that word is gonna be found in 2 Corinthians chapter five. So if you got your Bibles with you, you can follow along. It's also gonna be on the screen. Now, in case you missed this word, Paul mentions it five times in these three verses, okay? This is what Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says, now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. We can say amen to that. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So not only do we have the ministry of reconciliation, but Paul is saying here, we also have the word, which is awesome. Verse 20, therefore, how many of you know this? We are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you, Paul says, this is strong language, Paul says we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 
Now, the reason why this word reconciled is such a big deal to us in young adults is not because it's only embedded in our mission statement and motto of, quote, reconciling young adults to Christ, but how many of you here understand that's Christ's ultimate cause? Reconciliation is not just the ministry and the word that God has given us, but it is also, in fact, his ultimate cause. And so let's look at the Greek for a moment. The word reconciled in this passage is the word katalasso. Now, this word has a handful of meanings, but one of them, and I love this so much, it means to restore friendly relations with. Now, how many of you here know that that right there is the gospel in a nutshell? Right, not merely that Christ died, although yes, that's part of it, because here's the deal. If you came up to me and you said, hey, Keith, someone died, I'd be like, that's terrible news. (laughs) But it's also not merely that Christ rose from the dead, because if you came up to me and you said, hey, Keith, someone rose from the dead, I'd be like, that's better news. But here, here, listen to me, there's a so what to all of that. And that so what, for you and I, is that we can be friends with God again. Isn't that good news? That we can be reconciled to God. So the way we quote reconcile young adults to Christ is by way of fervent and continual discipleship. Oh yes, there's that word we keep saying around here. Yes, continual and fervent discipleship. Now here's what I want us to understand about young adult ministry. Just like, and Chris Wortham and G Kids can tell you this, uh, just like kids and student ministry, young adult ministry is very transient in nature, okay? Meaning that we have guys and gals just coming and going as they journey through their life. And so with that being said, with that reality, God has given our young adult family this unwavering conviction that we ought to be making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Y'all catching this? Who make disciples, right? It's, it's exponential. It's perpetual. And so the, the way we do this is that, you know, we want, we want to disciple young people so strongly and so effectively that the things they learn and the memories they make while in young adults, that they take those things with them for the rest of their lives. That it's not just some fleeting moment or a, or a you know, I, said, I shared this with one of my leaders the other week. You know, one thing I don't wanna create in young adults is that when they, when, let's say they're 40, 50 years down the line and they look back and they look at young adults and they're like, man, those were the good old days. I don't, maybe you're here and you have that moment in your life. Man, those were the good old days. Listen, God, every day is the good days in Christ, right? So God's vision for young adults is perpetual and exponential uh, spiritual lineage where young people are making disciples, again, who make disciples, who make disciples. Because as Pastor Pratt rightly taught us not too long ago, replication is, no kidding, a fruit that you and I as believers ought to be producing. Right on? All right, so scripturally, this concept, we see this in places like 2 Timothy 2.2 and Exodus chapter 18. Now, unfortunately, we don't have time to look deep into those scriptures. You can look at that in your own time. But I just wanna answer the question, you know, how do we practically do this in young adults? How do we, not, not conceptually, but practically, how do we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples? So what's really cool is that in young adults, Twice a year, we have a training pipeline called Leadership Training Course, or LTC for short. And what LTC is, it is a five-week training pipeline where we invite young adults into this thing, where we train them up 
again, not just conceptually what discipleship is and all of that, although yes, those things are important, but we also teach them practically how to actually lead a small group, how to shepherd people, how to build lessons, how to forge meaningful and lasting friendships. And so by the time this five weeks is up and they're trained up, we then mobilize them to make disciples in Moore County. And so in the past two years, we've had now three iterations of LTC where we have now trained and mobilized over 25 of our young adults to make disciples in Moore County. Can we celebrate that? Come on. So good. All right, so like Joshua, I just wanna share some stories um, of just a, a handful of young adults that have experienced this life-on-life discipleship, but also making disciples themselves. So you're gonna see a graphic on the screen. And so what this is, um, on the very top, if you could put that graphic up. All right, here we go. I'm gonna start uh, bottom uh, from the top bottom. So at the very tip top, that's Courtney, or as we like to call her in young adults, Kojo. Now, <laughs> I wanna tell you this story, it's so, so cool. Only the Lord can do this. So about two years ago, uh, mind you, Courtney was living in New York at the time. She called the church here and the call was transferred to me. And while talking with her, she is informing me that the Lord is calling her to leave New York and her job there to move here to Southern Pines specifically for the reasons of being a member at Grace Church to serving here, like, who does that? <laughs> and so the reason why she called the church that day was because she needed help finding an apartment and all those things. And, and let me tell you, the Lord totally came through for her. And so she's still with us, she's kicking hard. And as you can see, she got baptized. This was around two baptism weekends ago. And so, yes, come on. Thank you, Lord. And so she's still here and she is hanging out, she's with us and she's making disciples and it is incredible. Uh, the, the picture in the middle and the picture on the bottom, uh, that's Trey and Noah. And so Trey and Noah came to us about uh, a year ago. And now Trey is actually here. He was serving in the lobby. You probably passed him on the way in. Uh, these guys came to us in need of some real, just rich, meaningful community. And thank God they found it in young adults. Because as soon as they jumped in, they, they later told me, man, I felt incredibly welcomed. Um, I call these people my best friends. They hang out all the time. And Trey specifically, he's now living in a house with other young adults. One of them is Corey Fan. I know some of you know him. He works here at Grace. And let me tell you, he is now experiencing life-on-life discipleship. And so a very last story, and then we'll transition to baptisms. Uh, this picture, this vertical picture on the far left there, her name is Sarah. Now, I really wanna share this story with you because this is incredible. Again, only God can do this. So Sarah came to us about uh, like a year, year and a half ago. Now, she moved here from Colombia. She came here on an exchange program. Spanish is her main language, English being her second language. And she came here, immediately, immediately uh, joined young adults. And she has had such a rich experience that, oh man, she, I almost wanna say she puts this to shame, but I don't wanna put that in a bad light. Listen, every time I see her walk into this building, whether it's for a Sunday service or young adults on Wednesday nights, she is always bringing a new person with her. But, and that's no exaggeration, literally a new person with her every time. Now here's the cool part, those people that she's bringing in, they're also internationals. A lot of them are from Colombia, And so uh, she joined a small group, Sarah did. She joined a small group, uh, Jessica Stevens, who's here this morning, was her small group leader. Yes. <laughs> and she 
Now, Sarah, she got discipled and we threw her in LTC. And now she's here. Well, she's in Columbia and I'll get to that in a second. But she was here making disciples here in Moore County, bringing in what well, she had a focus on, on international young adults. And it is so incredible what the Lord's doing. Like the, the, the Lord is literally making young adults a launch pad for the gospel internationally. And so uh, I ask you to pray for her because she is, uh, unfortunately, uh, last week she went back to Columbia, her visa expired. And so right before she left, I got the chance to talk with her over the phone. And she informed me that, you know, she said, Keith, young adults was such, it was such a big deal to me that the things I learned, the memories I made, everything I learned in LTC, I'm taking those things with me as I go back to my homeland in Columbia. And I'm gonna make disciples there who make disciples who make disciples. Now, isn't that amazing? Come on. So listen, what I'm sharing with you is just a fraction of what the Lord's doing in our young adult community. And honestly, I could stand up here and share with you story after story, but hear me, now is the time to be a part of others' stories. Pray with me, Father, we love you. And God, we thank you, God, that you have invited us, Lord, into this reality of reconciliation. God, this is not something that we could ever do for ourselves, but God, this is fully and wholly what you willingly did on that cross, God. Lord, and you invite us through baptism into your death. But more than that, God, higher than that, you invite us into resurrection life, the newness of life that can only be found in Christ Jesus. Father, we love you so much, and we glorify and edify the name of Jesus in this house. And everyone said, amen. Thanks, everyone. Let's go ahead and worship together.